So we'll start with a sitting. Given the simplicity of these instructions, and that very much it's just a receptive practice. Sometimes Sayadaw says, people ask, well, what am I supposed to do in this practice? And he came up with a response to that. He said, uh, you have three things to do. Cultivate right view, which is the perspective that allows mindfulness to be curious about experience in the present moment. To cultivate that perspective, not around how it is um, related to me, but more just what is this experience as a human experience? Cultivate the, that perspective of that informs mindfulness, that makes it right mindfulness, that makes it wise mindfulness. So that's the first piece, cultivate wise view. Then be aware of the present moment and keep being aware of the present moment. So the continuity, cultivating continuity of mindfulness. In this area of cultivating continuity of mindfulness is a piece that I want to speak to a little bit in this uh, in this time right now so we begin our our practice with just this simple being aware allowing relaxation Inclining towards relaxation of body and mind. Relaxation is a support for mindfulness being present this is this is so helpful as you're exploring relaxing you are aware and it supports this natural capacity for us to be aware Are you aware? What is obvious?
What is being received? Remembering awareness, reminding yourself, connecting to awareness, gentle, light reminder, are you aware? This is part of the work we give our minds in meditation. We don't try to find what we are aware of. We explore, am I aware? And what is that awareness knowing? Are you aware? Remembering that what we are aware of doesn't have to be clear or precise. Start with knowing that you're aware. This gentle reminding about awareness is one support or this momentum of mindfulness to begin to build. If it's supportive, gently using the questions, am I aware of what If those questions feel too busy in the mind, perhaps they can, they can just be more of an orientation, knowing that you're aware, perhaps recognizing that you're already aware. knowing what's here.
Can there be curiosity about what's happening? Curiosity about just this, whatever this is, whatever this moment's experience is. The naturalist in the forest. Curious about what's surrounding them. No seemingly insignificant thing unnoticed or dismissed. Curious, what's this? Curiosity is a natural motivator for practice. When we're curious about experience, there's more likely to be awareness. With curiosity, sometimes we can notice where the mind gets pulled. Being curious, we can see the mind kind of get drawn to something. That being drawn is sometimes a place where the mindfulness may get hooked and then get lost. rather than trying to not follow that, be curious about where is the attention going? Maybe the mindfulness can follow remembering that Mindfulness can meet whatever is arising. Or curiosity about where the attention is leading us. And seeing, can mindfulness follow that remembering we're not directing or aiming the attention. Relaxing. Aware. What's here? a light touch of effort. What's this? And this? 
with curiosity.
So in encouraging a continuity of practice, momentum of mindfulness, we can do that with effort in our usual way of thinking about reminding ourselves to be aware or in directed attention practices we often do it by connecting to a particular experience for instance the breath we might stay with an in-breath and then an out-breath and then the in-breath and kind of maybe um, track the, the sensations of the breath and so different ways of kind of connecting with experience in this practice the main connection is are you aware in fact, the very first instruction Sayadaw gave to me when I went to see him was the only work you give your mind is to remind yourself to be aware. When we know that we're aware, awareness is already knowing something and it's not our job to do what awareness knows, but our job is to be aware and recognize what awareness knows. So that receptive quality. And so there is a little bit of, of effort perhaps we can make in the reminding, reminding ourselves to be aware. Am I aware? Yep. What's here? What's already here? So there can be that activity of, of uh, reminding in that way. In my own practice, I have found curiosity and interest to be a support for mindfulness and one that feels more um, kind of more motivating than just brute force effort. If I'm sitting here just telling myself, am I aware? Am I aware? You know, it's like, it's almost like that kind of motivation, that, that effort to be aware has some agenda at times, at least in my, in my experience, some agenda other than just being here. It's trying to do something in order that I get somewhere. And what I found is that curiosity about what's here whether it seems insignificant or amazing, just what's this? This is a really powerful uh, support for the continuity of mindfulness to build, for the momentum of mindfulness to build. So one place or one aspect that seems particularly useful to be curious about is where and how does awareness get lost? We often will have the experience of the return of awareness after we have been lost and maybe have a sense of not knowing where or how the mind wandered out of the present moment. But we can start to be curious about that. When the mind wanders, 
I would say um, much of the time when the mind wanders, it's because we haven't noticed something that happened. Something happened, the mind got hooked by it. We didn't notice that the attention got drawn to something. And when the attention got drawn to it, it kind of went out. It just hooked to that thing and started thinking about it and planning about it or thinking about how it relates to me or what I need to do. And there we go. And yet we can begin to see this process happening with curiosity, not with brute force though. If we're trying to kind of stay, you know, am I aware, am I aware, am I aware? We may miss those places where the attention kind of gets pulled to something. And so curiosity can be um, a way that we can allow our awareness to start to go into places where it habitually gets hooked or gets lost. So being curious about where the attention wants to go now, sometimes it feels like things are coming in to awareness. It feels like we're just receiving experience. It's just this thing and then this thing. Other times it feels like the attention is, is kind of moving around. Just different ways of experiencing it. When it feels like the attention is moving, it's, oh, it's looking at that thing and then it's looking at that thing. You know, it, 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 um, that can be a place or a time or a way where the attention is starting to kind of uh, get pulled into other experiences. And if we can get familiar with that quality of what it feels like for the attention to be pulled from one thing to another. Anna mentioned in one of the groups, somebody more familiar with a breath practice and feeling like the mind is kind of all over the place in this practice. We didn't talk in detail about what happened, but this is a very familiar uh, experience in shifting from a settled one-pointed kind of just being with one experience to opening to more experience to having a more receptive experience it feels like there's kind of chaos so many different things the mind is knowing maybe it feels like there's this and there's that and there's that and there's that at one point I described to Sayadaw that kind of experience of seeing the attention kind of moving around or jumping around and, and, and yet that I was able to be with it. And that's the key. Are you aware? It feels very different to be aware when the attention is shifting than it feels when the attention is on one thing. But don't mistake the shifting of the attention for loss of awareness. The mind can be aware and know the shifting of attention. And so this is kind of that curiosity about where is the attention being drawn? So Sayadaw gave an analogy when I described this to him. I said, uh, it felt like, you know, the attention was knowing this and then that and then that. And he said, yeah, he said, it's kind of like a dog on a leash. You know, if, you, if you're taking a dog for a walk, it's going to like, it's going to be looking at that thing. It's going to be sniffing that thing. Then it's going to have its attention drawn there and then there. It's like, you know, just the kind of the way a, a mind works, the, the dog's mind. It's like, it's got so much interest in everything. And so it's kind of jumping around and, and then it, it looks like there's kind of interest and delight. 
He said, yeah, your job isn't to make the dog only go one way. He said, your job is just to hold on to the leash. Just know the attention shifting. So it's kind of like that sense of, it can feel like following the attention, being aware while the attention shifts from one thing to another. When the mind loses awareness, there's something that we didn't notice. Sometimes it can be something subtle or just habitual that it gets connected to or lost in. But if we are trying to just brute force stay, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here, I'm going to stay present, I'm going to stay present, I'm going to stay present, we may miss or we may be in a way kind of preventing the mind from um, kind of doing what it naturally does. That would be kind of like holding the leash really short with the dog, not letting it do its kind of jumping around and sticking its nose in that and following the, you know, the, the, the path of a, of a bird, you know, that, so just like, you know, just the, we, we may have the sense of trying to hold that leash really tightly, but if we let the, let it be a little bit more loose letting the attention um, go where it naturally goes, we can learn how to become aware of things that we habitually tend to get caught in. And so this is a part of our practice, to be curious about where the attention goes and notice which things we tend to get stuck by. So... We can have this curiosity in ways, this curiosity of where does awareness get lost in our day? And this is really useful in a retreat, in a secluded retreat, and it's also useful in daily life. I know some of you are doing a more integrated practice, more kind of in daily life kind of practice. And so this curiosity not just in the sitting, where does the attention go, but kind of taking inventory in a way. What are the experiences that happen in my day where the mindfulness tends to get lost? So kind of taking inventory as you go through your day. Maybe the attention gets lost when your um, you know, first kind of thing we might check into is various activities that we do. Maybe it gets lost when we go into the kitchen and start preparing a meal. We get involved in the, uh, the idea of the meal and the kind of the sense pleasure of that. Maybe, maybe that's what happens. Or maybe we get lost when we um, have to have a conversation with a partner. Or um, maybe we get lost when we take a walk outside. So kind of curiosity about the areas or places of experience in your day where you tend to get lost various activities perhaps you tend to get lost. There may be, you know, particular places in your house where you tend to get lost or particular situations, conversations, or um, activities like taking a shower. I mean, just notice. Be curious about when you kind of come back. It's like, oh, yeah, there, I, I, I got lost while I was doing that. And as you take inventory in that, the 
the, um, the idea is not to try to brute force stay present when you go into the kitchen to make your meal, but to be curious. Oh, I'm getting ready to make my meal. Let's see what happens. What does the mind get hooked to? So allowing curiosity to support this, uh, you know, what, what is it that the mind gets? Where, is, where does the attention go that I missed? What was missed? This curiosity about what was missed or where does the attention get drawn in places where we tend to lose awareness? This can reveal things or we can start to see things that we wouldn't necessarily see if we were just trying, okay, I'm going to stay aware, stay aware, stay aware. So we like, have to let ourselves be willing to let the mindfulness get lost a little bit in order to kind of see where it gets lost, what it gets hooked to, how that happens. This practice of being curious about awareness gets lost has been a huge support in my own life, my own practice. It's, it's really revealed so much about the habits of mind and and then also seeing that the mindfulness can meet those habits can be aware when it gets pulled into wow look at the colors on that vegetable and then you know just gets lost in it as opposed to being aware of it what is it that, that the mind gets hooked to does it tend to get hooked to pleasant things or unpleasant things Another place or way that's useful to kind of take inventory or to be aware of is not only activities that happen where we tend to get lost, but perhaps emotional states or states of mind that we tend to get lost in. We have particular habits or patterns that tend to be our own familiar flavors of what our mind does that we tend to get lost in, maybe planning, for me, depression, anger, self-hatred were, were strong patterns, tended to get lost in them. Sometimes it can be um, calm or ease or peace where the mind tends to get, kind of just kind of space into that state and just drift out of the present moment because we're not clearly aware Oh, this is what calm feels like. We get calm and it's like, oh yeah, this is nice. This feels good. And then we're just drifting out. Not clearly, oh, this is what calm feels like. So kind of a curiosity too about maybe states of mind in which we tend to get lost. And then curiosity. What happens in there? What is it that the mind gets hooked to in a particular state? This leads into looking at emotions, being aware in the terrain of emotions. And we're going to talk about that. There were quite a few questions about emotions. So we'll, we'll talk about that in just, a, in just a moment. So curiosity about what the mind is doing is really important 
in this practice. There's endless things to notice in the present moment. Sometimes with, uh, with prior practices of meditation, we do something like stay with the breath for a while, and that creates conditions that we, that we like and that feel good. And so in some ways, the motivation for that is, is to create the conditions for the mind to settle. Here, the motivation is more, can we be curious about how the mind does what it does? What is a human mind? How does it work? What's going on in there? And what we get to see a lot of is how it works, how it works around, how we get stuck, how we get caught. And so we do, this practice in a way does take us right into our habits and patterns so quickly. It's not a mistake when we're seeing the mind getting caught in frustration or aversion or its habitual things. This is what this practice reveals very quickly. Other forms of practice may take some time to settle the mind, to uh, um, you know, let the mind settle down before opening up to what's here. And that's a very valid and legitimate way to practice. I've done a lot of that. This form of practice takes us more, it's, it's, it's in a way it's more relaxed and easeful. It's less work in the mind to just meet what's here. And yet it takes some courage, another useful support. It takes some courage often to meet what's here, to meet our minds, to learn about how our minds get caught, caught and stuck. And yet, if the curiosity can be there to support us, as opposed to judging ourselves for, for all of this, the curiosity can really create a container of conditions for holding that, those habits and patterns, those reactive states, creating a container in which it can be interesting, even joyful, delightful to see the mind doing what it's doing. Because the awareness is watching it, is knowing it, is, is curious about it. I've had one experience, one experience um, there are definitely times when I'm watching something like self-hatred and it's like, wow, so happy that I'm seeing this and not caught in it. Not, not, um, not, uh, not wrapped into it, but able to see it. And then the, the seeing of it can bring some delight. That's the, the, the beauty of the wise attitude, the wholesome qualities that are there in the mind as it knows experience. At one point at Shui Umin, I was watching the unfolding of something, the very kind of clear state of mind uh, in meditation. I'd been meditating for a couple of hours and I was meditating in my room uh, I had a roommate, and my roommate came into the room, uh, and the mind just kind of, from this very clear space of, of um, you know, just ease and peace and very smooth, the, the mind completely saw the aversion arising to my roommate coming back to the room. It was like watching dominoes fall. It didn't mean that that pattern didn't happen, but it was just seeing how that pattern of reactivity was just blooming and created. It was like watching a plant grow. 
really fast. You know, those time-lapse photography things. It's like seeing that pattern just unfold. It didn't mean that it stopped, but there was clear awareness of it. And the, the, the state was just, the state of mind that watched, was watching it was just delighted and amazed and curious. It's like, wow, look at that. There was some distance from it. it wasn't, I wasn't wrapped up into it, identified with it. It was just seeing the pattern. So this is really what this practice points to. Sometimes I talk about this practice as being a, a kind of like really getting to know your mind. You know, that, that, uh, that could be the title of this, of this retreat, getting to know your mind. Here in the, in the United States, our colleges have the beginner courses and colleges are usually given a, a number. You know, the first year courses are 101, 102, 103. Second year courses are 201, 202, 203. So I think of this as a your mind 101, getting to know what's going on in there. It's not a mistake to see it all. That's how learning happens. That's how the mind begins to understand when the mind sees all of this unfolding, but the beauty of the way mindfulness works, the, the beauty of the way wisdom works, is that as wisdom sees how those patterns work, wisdom, begin, wisdom knows and understands how things could be different. We often don't have a clue how to let go of these habits and patterns, not consciously. Wisdom knows how to let go of suffering. And all wisdom needs to work is to, is to be able to see what's going on in there. To see what's happening. To see how the patterns are unfolding. To see the mind inclining towards a reactive pattern. And knowing from experience that that reactive pattern leads to stress and suffering and wisdom can let it go. I know many of you who have been practicing for a while have seen this kind of thing happening. We watch, we hold something, we see a pattern, a habit, and with that kind of curiosity, we just see it fall apart sometimes. That's wisdom that's doing that. Wisdom is helping the mind to not be caught, not get hooked in its habitual ways that lead us into stress and suffering. So um, let's take our break now because we have quite a few questions. So uh, let's take a 10-minute come back at 5 before the hour, and then we'll have a little bit longer time for, for questions. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.